What, are you kidding me? I mean, who wants, who doesn't want the passport app? A vaccine passport? I think that's great. Either that or I'll just stay home and eat built Bars uh, and watch whatever crappy thing comes out, you know, or not on Netflix or... You don't care. As long as you're at home eating built Bars. I'm just so lazy. I just want to, you know, eat my built Bar and lose weight. It's a protein bar. It has exactly everything in it you need. It tastes like a candy bar. It's made with real chocolate. Um, they, man, these things used to taste like either like a doormat or something that came out of Dow chemical. These are great. They're healthy for you. They have three to five net carbs, low in calories, high in protein. The flavors are outrageously great. Just try them. If you've never tried a built bar, uh, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Beck 15 and save 15% on your next order. Use the promo code Beck 15, save 15% off now at builtbar.com. Get, get the, um, uh, mixture box. The one that has a little bit of everything on your first try. You're going to love them. Builtbar.com. Nothing ever changes on the border. I mean, it's changed one time in my lifetime. One time. And that was with Donald Trump. He was serious about it. He did the things that he had to do to keep us safe and to keep our borders secure. This problem, however, when we have Republicans and Democrats going up, nobody ever seems interested in in actual solutions here because it's too valuable as a political football. Democrats, Republicans, neither side wants the game to end because and we're going to take their ball away and they have nothing to play. Meanwhile, law enforcement officers, the people who are actually down at the border, those who are police officers, border patrol or sheriffs, those who work along our border are left to deal with a messy reality and so are the citizens on that border. I'm going to introduce you to a sheriff who has some who is who wrote a letter that you need to hear. I'm going to give you excerpts of it that you really need to hear because he describes a a country in deep deep trouble that is ignoring some really bad signs. We are enabling very bad people to hurt us and our country. We begin there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, it's uh, really, this uh, next interview is really not for you if you're, you know, still wanting to play the game. Cindy lives in Texas. Many years she suffered intense pain in her neck and shoulders and her back. She tried a lot of things to try to get to feel better, but nothing really worked. Or if it did, it was the kind of thing that made her feel like not herself. That's one thing that Cindy didn't want. She heard about relief factors. She was skeptical at first. It's just hard to rush in and try something new when you've been burned plenty of times before. Believe me, Cindy, I understand that point of view. But in the end, she decided to at least give it a try. She ordered a three-week quick start. 
This is what I recommend you do. I love this from the company because they openly admit about 70% of the people go on to order more because it works for them. So just try it because they found it's about three weeks. You learn whether or not it's going to work and they don't want to, you know, gouge you for, for something and trap you into something that it's not working for you. So just try it for three weeks. At the end of three weeks, if you don't feel like uh, I did or feel like Cindy did, stop taking it. But if you feel like Cindy did and I do, order more. It's Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Get your life back like Cindy did. Relieffactor.com. Recently, an Arizona sheriff named Mark Daniels shared an urgent letter on Facebook. And I would love for you to read the whole letter, but I want to share just a couple of excerpts from it. He writes, the current conditions on the border are impacting public safety in our communities and by any reasonable measure constitute a humanitarian crisis. We remain immersed in politics rather than solutions. In Cochise County, Arizona, they have a sophisticated camera system along the migrant routes across the border. These cameras detect significantly more traffic than our federal partners report capturing. In fact, our estimates are that only 28% of the people crossing illegally are taken into custody. Now, I want you to think about the numbers that we have. Think about the numbers that have crossed already. If that's only 30%, the numbers are staggering. And where are these people? TCOs, transnational criminal organizations, are exploiting the migrant crisis to ensure the redirection of law enforcement resources away from the interdiction of illegal drugs into this country. They know that increased migrant traffic, especially children, overwhelms resources and essentially gives them the unfettered ability to traffic drugs into the U.S. Make no mistake, this is a deliberate tactic. On top of a public safety and humanitarian crisis, we may now add a public health crisis. There should be an outcry from those persons who have expressed concern about the COVID pandemic. Arizona's border sheriffs are not interested in the politics of the current crisis or perceived political ideological victories. We need policies from Washington, D.C. that discourage rather than incentivize undocumented in, uh, immigration. The time for politics and partisanship has passed. Sheriff Daniels is exactly right. The covid situation alone should be enough to seal the border, especially for those who are panicked over the COVID crisis. Right now, we have in the center of Dallas, Texas, we have a convention center that is filled with illegal aliens who have not been tested and can come and go apparently as they please. Due to Mexico's extremely low rate of testing, we have no idea how bad it is. The death toll, however, in Mexico is probably around 300,000. Just last Friday, Argentina suspended flights from Mexico. All of our schools 
are closed. Yet migrants and miners are flooding over the border and we're housing them. And we are not giving money to the cities, especially down on the border. On President Biden's first day in office, he signed an executive order halting construction of the border wall. Now Sheriff Daniels is here to point out that the unfinished portions of the border have simply provided infrastructure, mainly roads, for the drug cartels. It is, according to a study, it is now a multi-billion dollar business for these cartels, human trafficking. The same report finds that in order to pass through the territories of drug traffickers, migrants have to pay drug taxes or cartel taxes as much as $180 million a year. What are we doing Our elected leaders refuse to come back to common sense. Some issues must be apolitical, and this is one of them. And if they won't make it apolitical, we must insist that they do. And we must insist not to play politics on the border. Just talk about the real facts. Sheriff Daniels is uh, here with us now. Sheriff, how are you, sir? Good, Glenn. The letter says it all. It really does. It is uh, very, very clear. Tell me what is happening in Cochise County. Well, I, I, to understand where we're at today, it's best to understand where we came from. And you hit it in your intro with me, was the fact that President Trump, I worked his border for 37 years. President Trump was the first president to actually emphasize and do everything he can within his power to secure our border. Right. It's not immigration, two different programs, border security. And we were very close with him, sheriffs, police chiefs, mayors, governors, um, DHS, CBP, all the way through in his administration. When president, and we, we've come so far, we truly have. It's the best it's been. The ranchers tell me, everybody asks, well, how do you know it's the best it's been? First of all, our stats show us that. Second of all, the people who live on the rural border down here, the ranchers, the farmers, the citizens say, this is the best it's been in three decades. So that's the best measure of, uh, of a test. So we come up to current time when President Biden signed the executive order day one, which obviously was politically driven, ideology driven. When he did that the first day, it sent a message to the cartels and to those vulnerable people that, hey, and, that, hey we're coming across, we're opening up the border. And he stopped the construction on the border, which stopped subterranean technology, revenue, resources, and the physical barrier. Uh, My three checkpoints are shut down in my county. I got a border patrol station shut down in my county for responding to help my deputies. Mm. I got my aerostat shut down. And I just learned Friday they removed me from the Homeland Security Council. Oh, my Uh, gosh. Because of the letter? I think it was a collective effort that... and, and. they were wise what they did. They removed the majority of every member on the Homeland Security Council, which was formed after 9-11, to help advise DHS for communities and for this country. So all but three people were left on the advisory council, the chair, vice chair, and a past chair. The rest of us got letters un- unannounced. And it starts off like this, Glenn. It says, I'm honored to address you in the first paragraph, second paragraph that removes us. Um, wow. What a kick. But it's the first time in history that a president and secretary, this administration, has removed anyone 
from that council. And what a worse time. We're in a chaos crisis on this border, and you're going to take the group that's been selected throughout the country to help advise you into the future, help you navigate these issues, and then you remove them. So uh, wait, 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 wait. So policy. this is because I, I am concerned about the humanitarian crisis, but I am equally concerned. Uh, I'm not blinded by that, by what the drug cartels are doing, but also the, you know, other than Mexicans, the the um, Iranians, the Syrians, the fact that the drug cartels will smuggle dr- uh, guns and drugs and terrorists into this country. Uh, nobody's talking about those things. So tell me, this was developed after 9-11. What could their reason be for flipping everybody on that board? Well, and the first thing that comes to my mind, Glenn, is politics. Uh, political ideologies. They want to have their own. They don't. They want the avoidance of this. And having people on that advisory council that speak very loud, their their business, their consultants, their federal judges, all the people that have come through that, sheriffs, police chiefs, that have been now removed uh, on that. It, it just silence. It silences that voice. Once again, and one thing I've seen since this has happened is the lack of transparency, the lack to share any kind of plans. In fact, in the letter, it talks about we're going to develop a plan. Well, don't you think any logic on this would you'd have a plan in place before you get rid of your current members who have served honorably, have served? I worked on the sub uh, the technology committee. I worked on youth violence. I worked on faith violence. I mean, spent a lot of time to help our communities and with us. Again, stroke of the pen, we're gone. We're gone. So, again, it silences everything. There is there is no transparency with this. And I've spoke to DHS at senior leadership, uh, working with the National Sheriff Association. We're, we, they have no answers for us. We're past due on questions and answers in this country. Okay. Uh, Mark, will you hold on for a second? We're talking to the sheriff of Cochise County, uh, Arizona. I want to talk to you specifically about when Biden just stopped the building of the border wall in your county that was really really bad and i want you to explain why in 60 seconds if you're thinking about getting you know out of that big city you've been living in oh i mean it's going to be beautiful you know especially coming this fall with the fire and the brimstone that's oh it's going to be great so anyway, uh, some some cities, some states have turned into small little dictatorships and people have been moving away from the bigger cities in droves. If you're one of them or if you're moving for any other reason, please reach out to realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a free service to you, and I don't want you just to take my word for it or this company's word for it. This is my company. Uh, we did our homework on these agents. We try to find the ones who have the same kind of values that you have that will work day and night, have the right kind of uh, advertising, so they already have traffic coming to their website to help sell your your property quickly, Um, and they have the knowledge and the team behind them to help you know uh, what the right price is to sell, how to fix your house if you need to up that price, and, you know, what the right price is for the house that you're going to buy. Just interview them. Free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID.
I'm just, you know, Sheriff, I'm just looking at your uh, uh, your resume. Uh, you are uh, really, really, uh, your background is is right exactly what we need, especially in a in a place like Cochise County. I, I, I'm stunned now that uh, they're they're not listening to you. Tell me what tell me what the border wall was doing and why it was so bad to stop it on day one. What is that done? Well, besides sending a message to the cartel that we have an open border, and that's literally the message that's been sent. We hear that from uh, those coming across illegally because the opportunity is now. And truly, they're coming across for that reason. In my county, um, when they stop the physical barrier, the, the technology and the resources, what that's done is left my border in disarray down here. President Trump was the first president after three decades to push beyond what the physical barrier was in the early 90s from Operation Stone Garden, or Christian Stone Garden, excuse me, Operation Gatekeeper and Hold the Line were two programs that kicked off our physical barrier and what it is today. President Trump pushed beyond that. The first president in three years, or 30 years to do that. So by now we have a border that was under construction. We have six foot uh, trenches, just wide open. We have uh, low line areas where they're putting in bridges, where the cement culverts are in there and they're putting the the cages over so they can put the cement in there to finish the bridges mm-hmm. that's just sitting there, open uh, cables hanging out of the ground. It's in disarray. It's like building a house halfway and stopping and then walking away from the project. What worries us in a couple months when our, our monsoon season, our wet season hits, it's going to wipe out these, what they're supposed to be a brand new road along the southwest border here mm-hmm. in my county. That's not going to happen. The, the whole thing's a mess. We're in worse shape now than we were when we started uh, this uh, project, and so it's. And you said and that the there's. Board, you said that there is infrastructure that they, the drug cartels, are using the roads, etc., that were made for the construction. Is that in your that county? Is, you you are correct. And what they did was up on the backside of a very. Very frequent smuggling area for the cartels because it's been concealed up there behind the mountains. They blasted roads, took them on six months to a year to put the infrastructure in behind the mountains back into the, the flatlands just to get the equipment and the trenching up there to put the fence in. Well, they got the infrastructure in, but they never got a chance to put the, the physical barrier in. So now we have, I call them walking paths that are better than most national parks mm. where they come up and walk right down to the flatlands. And uh, once again, once again, it's uh, there was no reasonable um, <clears throat> closure to this this project, and as a result of this, uh, we have chaos on our board just on the the technology and physical barrier side. So nobody is talking. We are all talking about these kids in cages um, and the humanitarian crisis. What is left behind are these small communities that are right there on the borders that that are getting dumped. All of these people are coming in. You know, it's a crisis because the federal government doesn't have space for them. Well, the ones that they really don't have space for, they're just putting on buses and they're just sending to cities all across the country. And the border towns are the first ones to get hit hard. And there's no help from the federal government. There's not. You look back in 2019, Glenn, where the caravans and surges that President Trump uh, took on and addressed. In the first nine months, we had 141 countries hit our southwest border. And i got to say this. I know the focus is on the children. 
on the, in the first nine months, we had 3,500 children that were being exploited by the cartels. And what that means, they were coming across with a, an adult expedited into the country because they had a child with them. Mm-hmm. Then the children were brought back to Mexico and recycled back in the U.S. just to get people in the U.S. This cartel has its thumb and hand on everything going on in the southwest border. In my county, it's $6,000 a head to come across our country, into our country, excuse me. And then they become servant to the cartels, whether it be sex trade, drug. Uh, gangs, enforcer, whatever it may be. And and unfortunately, the national media is painting a picture of these poor kids. And I agree. I agree. In 2014, when the cages first came alive, that was actually under President Obama. And again, we've evolved. And I do like your point that it seems like nobody can fix this problem. We have the most powerful leader in the country, and that's our president. But we fight it. Including President Trump will put a lot of effort on this border. I've gone through a lot of presidents in my 37 years. I'm telling you, it's it's rather disgusting because it's like we're left out of the U.S. when it comes to security, being American, uh, our constitutional rights here on the southwest border. What can the American people do to help you? They need to stand up and be united because why were the attention of the national media uh, exclusively when it comes to the children? What's happening is everything going on the southwest border, whether it's drugs, whether it's national security issue, whether it's a health pandemic issue, COVID, whatever it may be, it's coming into your neighborhood. Uh, we might be the the gate to it all, but it's coming into your neighbors. They're not staying in my communities until they can find the means or the national um, the non government organizations can get them out of here. Right now, we see charter buses all the time, fifteen hundred dollars a hit to get kids out of our county. Fifteen hundred dollars. You see. Almost every day you're seeing them pulling out of my county. So the only thing holding my county right now, Glenn, um, with some kind of balance is Title 42, which is the health pandemic, central travel only, which means internationally we restrict who's coming in the country. In Texas, what they're doing is the state below Texas and Mexico will not let the U.S. expel them back into their uh, state in Mexico. In my county, the state of Sonora, is still allowing that. April 21st, that's supposed to expire. If that opens up, our southwest border will be flooded. Not just in Texas, but flooded. Mark, we will stay in touch with you. Um, uh, I'd like to talk to you some off the air. Um, So uh, thank you for everything that you're doing. But we'll be in touch. We're not done uh, with the coverage. and, uh, And I appreciate your letter. And I appreciate your willingness to speak out. Stay safe and uh, don't give up on the rest of America yet. I know you're not going to. I'm not going to. I have hope in my oath. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Daniels. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Time's running out for you to get free premiere activation with Patriot Mobile. So you need to hurry up and make the switch. Um, I, I don't know which mobile service that you are with, but a lot of these big mobile companies... Uh, I would make the bet that uh, they are helping fund some of these crazy things and pushing us further and further uh, into uh, a great reset, a a country that you don't recognize. They are funding Planned Parenthood. They're funding anti-Second Amendment stuff. You've got to switch and be with a company that believes in the same things that you do. If everyone within the sound of my voice right now made the switch, you would send a real message to these companies. And the problem is nobody's sending the message. The left is sending the message. You go this way and we protect you and we're great. You're great. 
but nobody is saying, hey, I've got a better service, cheaper, and you'll send a message. Except Patriot Mobile. Go there now, patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Switch now, 972-PATRIOT. Wouldn't you like to see more pictures of Glenn and myself? <laughs> oh, that? man. They're great visually. No. Uh, go to Instagram. It's <laughs> at Stu Does America and at Glenn Beck. Follow today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We really need your help. And I want to talk to those people who live in and around the cities where uh, our border is. Uh, I want to, I'm going to start by telling you a story. When I was at CNN, uh, we, oof, can you believe I even said that? When I was with CNN. I remember those days. Had a really good cafeteria. Like the best uh, cafeteria, best cafeteria any place yeah. I've ever worked. Anyway. It's true, man. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it was misery outside of the cafeteria. But the cafeteria was, yeah, was awesome. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, when we were at CNN, I don't remember the story, what, what the first story was that broke about the border. But it was, I think, about the kidnapping of American citizens. You never ever hear this story but american citizens are just ghosted they're just gone and there is fairly i would say 90 percent sure it's accurate that there are these roman coliseums on the other side of the border run by these cartels and they use them to set an example uh, and they literally have people fighting each other to the death and fighting against lions and and everything and they ghost people not only is it the citizens uh, on the other side that cross the drug cartels but also citizens here and we come up with all kinds of excuses not to talk about them, but it is happening. And these drug cartels prey on beautiful girls on this side of the, uh, the border, and they take them in, and sometimes they are just sex slaves for the cartels. Nobody wants to talk about this, and here's why. When we were at CNN, we started to go down this path and we were doing investigation on it. And to CNN's credit, they didn't stop us at the time, uh, but they didn't really support us. They weren't they were, excited about they it. They weren't excited about <laughs> it. OK, uh, but they didn't ever say any more than they usually did, which was usually I can't believe this guy is on the air. Let's fact check everything six times to frustrate them so much that they'll leave but we became better journalists because it because of our time there because we had to be buttoned up so we were doing it and i had a a parent on the border that was a uh, was a source for us and i had this parent on the air and then all of a sudden i could no longer get a hold of that parent that person, one exposure on the air, and I'm not even sure that we put their name. Yeah, we did, because they wanted to talk about their daughter. 
And uh, that person no longer would talk to us. Was like, don't call me anymore. Don't talk to me anymore. Obviously, they were in danger. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Then we had a reporter down on the border that was doing a piece on the drug cartels and the missing Americans. We had one exposure with that person and no more. That person was absolute a ghost to us. It happened over and over again. And uh, and we were blocked at every at every turn, not from internal forces per se. Then I went to Fox and I remember sitting in the in the uh, office with Roger Ailes and I said to him, this is when we first started. And I said, Roger, there's a couple of things I'm passionate about. We have to expose what's happening with the drug cartels on the border. These are missing citizens. And I went over all of it uh, and he said, go, go. I said, so we have your backing. He said, absolutely go. Well, we did up to a point. I remember doing a show. If you watched all of my shows back then, you might remember I was very emotional because I felt like I had abandoned all of those parents that were not willing to talk on the air, but were were begging for someone to help find their children. And I feel like I felt like I had betrayed them. And I got on the air and uh, in my usual weepy form, mm-hmm. I talked directly to the parents and I said, consider us the Alamo. We are not going to give up and we have plans and we're going to be pursuing these stories. Well, all of a sudden there were no satellite uh, availabilities uh, on the border. We couldn't get any reporters to help us. Um, I went to Roger and I said, can you, can, can, Roger, we just need one reporter. I don't even have to break the news, but I can point them in the right direction to follow it. Now we're, you know, we're down the road on other things to stay focused on Obama. I know, but this is part of, this is part of that. And I, again, I don't need the credit. Get this, give it to the news department. Okay, we'll think about it. Well, that never happened. We never got the resources. We could never talk to anyone because you speak to them once and then it's over. I would like to talk to you if you happen to have any information that you want to give. I own this show, this company, and I will. It's me. I only answer to me. Uh, I mean, I have partners along the way of Premier Radio Networks and and the Blaze, but I can do what I want. Um, and my wife, this is the only time she's ever told me no on things. Uh, she does not want me involved uh, on these border stories. And we have talked about it and we have cried for the families. And she is like, there's only so much you can do and no but this story is not about the children on the border this story is about the drug cartels on the other side we cannot empower them we we are giving them just from this border crisis 180 million dollars a year plus 
everything else that they're smuggling through. We are handing our cities, we are handing these children over to the drug cartels. And, and we can solve this. You just must secure the border and then say, let's have an orderly way. Look, I understand if I were in Mexico and my town was run by a drug cartel and everybody's being killed in the streets and it's bad. I mean, do you remember the pictures we got? We had a reporter send us pictures where mm. this and there were several of them where they were bowling with human heads, uh, where there it, there was a road um, into this one town where they were actually crucifying people on the sides of the road to let you know exactly what happens to those who stand against it. It, it is America must know what it is empowering. And politics are going to get too many people killed. I have done work to try to stop the sex trade. It is an abomination what happens to these children. Remember, there is nothing, nothing. There's, do you, tell me where Jesus gets really pissy. It's people profiting off of the temple and uh, also children. You might as well have a millstone around your neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea. He's very clear what's happening. We know about. But nobody, I shouldn't say we know about, I know about the people in the media know it. They just won't say it and they won't look into it. They won't follow. And the people who are living in these border towns, they are afraid, rightfully so, they are afraid for their life. We're never going to solve this if we keep making this about politics and we're not telling you the real story. This is not about children. As I said, if I lived in Mexico and my town was being rugged, I would do the same thing they're doing. Even if it was just one of my children, go. In my wife's family, Uncle Leo came here from Italy because they thought the entire family was going to be wiped out. And so he was sent here because he was born in America on a vacation. So he was an American citizen. He was 16 years old, all by himself, dumped into New York City. Why would you do that as a parent? Can you imagine doing that? Because the whole family they thought was going to be wiped out. And the only safe place for the family was America. So don't tell me you wouldn't do this if the situation were reversed. But we have to have a humane way to do it and an orderly way to do it. And we must secure the borders first. I, I don't know how we reach our friends because now everything is about politics. Everything. How is it that when they're they're screening the jury uh, up in uh, Minneapolis for the um, uh, for the case that's opening today, the uh, what's his name, George Floyd, George Floyd yeah. case. 
How is it that the jury is asked by both the prosecution and the defense questions about COVID? What does that have to do with this case? Because they were covert questions to find out if you were liberal or conservative. How can a disease become political? Everything is. If we truly care, we can't make this about politics. We have to pursue the truth. Too many people are not interested in that. They don't care about the cages that these kids are in right now. And can we stop calling them kids? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are little kids, but they're also like a lot of them 15-year-old boys, 15, 16. Or even Biden said the overwhelming majority are right. 15, 16, 17-year-olds. Right. And those aren't children children. Yes, they are. I mean, I have a 16-year-old son. I don't want him mistreated, and I don't want him in, but these are being sent for a reason. Let's stop with all of the things that are trying to play on our hearts and give our heart a chance to actually embrace the things that are dangerous and are true. I don't know exactly what I'm asking you for other than your prayers and your support. But if you live on the border, if you're a sheriff, if you feel like nobody is listening to you, if you have things that need to be shared, you need to show what's really happening. I'm listening. Back in a second. Take a look at that zucchini and squash. I mean, when I look at that big, thick chunks lined up on the grill next to some broccoli and cauliflower, I say, yum, it's <laughs> dinner time. Oh, the Brussels sprouts as they're just starting to turn brown and the asparagus. I mean, I, I'm sorry if I'm making your mouth water like crazy. Stu just looked at me like, mm, that sounds pretty good. good. Ugh. By the way, I went to a Chinese restaurant the other day and I ordered something chicken and it came, it had chicken in it. And then it was just these square, like there were like rectangles. Oh, are you going to Tofu Town? I, I didn't order tofu. I don't want tofu. In. <laughs> Especially when you order a chicken dish. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was it why, good though? The tofu? Yeah. The, the plate loved it. It, oh, right. just, it was like, <laughs> let me have this. Just put that on the edge of the food. And I was like, okay, plate. Wow. So I didn't, I did, I did not want to deprive my plate or the garbage can of any of that. <laughs> anyway, Rectech. Uh, I mean, you, you know, put the veggies on the Rectech, man. You can. And they're good. I'm actually eating probably 80%, 90% of my food now is vegan not even vegetarian it's mm. vegan my daughter is a really good cook and i don't ask i don't want to see it assembled i don't i just told her that looks like a big square piece of tofu i'm never gonna eat it right mix it into make so it look she good. mixes and she mm -hmm. fools me all the time and it's really really good but anyway i digress can we please talk about a steak for a second <laughs> you can do all these great things uh you know on uh, the rectech 
but it is a grill, a smoker. It, it can bake. It has smart grill technology. AB compare with the best grill that you can find. And you've never had bean curd if you haven't had it on oh a Mac Tech. Oh my gosh. Delicious, delicious the, bean the curd. The beans just keep falling through the little slats. And oh, gosh no. darn it. Oh, man. Uh, check RecTech out. R E C T E Q dot com. RecTech.com. You were listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're so glad that uh, you're here today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have uh, a lot yet to cover in, uh, ne- in next hour. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like to buy a home in California. There is a story of these two buyers, and they are not alone. These two buyers in California that bought a house, closed on it in January, paid for it, signed the papers. Then the former owner decides, eh, it's not going to move out. He has the money. It's all gone through. He signed the paper, but he's decided he's going to live there. And the owners of the house can't do anything about it. The joys of living in a progressive world coming up.